Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So did you watch the presidential debate between Trump and Biden Tuesday night? My guess is you probably did. If you didn't, you definitely heard about it. And today on episode 80, I'm going to talk about how the Trump and Biden presidential debate was like looking into a mirror. But just in case you didn't watch the debate, I'm going to go ahead and play a small snippet from the debate that I just think frames up the essence of that debate. Uh, So if you can endure a uh, uh, one minute long clip or roughly a minute long clip of uh, the debate uh, just to set the mood for today. Let me go ahead and play that right now. Number one. Joe, you agreed with Bernie Number, Sanders' I, I far did. left on the manifesto, with, with we call new, it. Manifesto. And that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, Are I'm, you I'm saying not going to listen agree? to him. The fact of the matter is I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm, here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you all, Pocahontas would have left well, two days early. You, you would have lost every primary all he knows how to on do Super is Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just want to make sure. I I, I, I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your class. I want to make sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? He doesn't know how to do that. He has, you know, you you pick the wrong guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. Listen, you agreed with Bernie Sanders to the manifesto. The whole idea, there is no manifesto, number one. Please let him speak, Mr. President. Number two. You just lost the left. Number two. You just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan how, folks, this, absolutely agreed folks, do you have any idea what this clown's doing? Well, so that was a fun debate, wasn't it? Not really, um, to tell you the truth. You know, it's already been pointed out how cringeworthy and how embarrassing this debate was between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders and... I'm not going to sit here and try to cast judgment on either Trump uh, or Joe Biden. Both acted pretty bad. And it's kind of pointless to sit here and try to figure out which one acted worse than the other. Um, Most people would probably agree that uh, Trump definitely acted like the bigger of the two uh, when it came to being a butt. Um, But even if you don't share that assessment and you think it was actually more Joe Biden... I think we can all agree um, that whatever the case is, whoever the biggest butthole on stage was, um, and I saw two of them up there, <laughs> um, whatever the case is, I think we can all agree that this was a pretty cringeworthy debate, uh, a, a national embarrassment, and frankly, it's one that I refuse to, to watch yet again if there should be another debate. Uh, at this point, I figured out that they've pretty much said all that I have to hear on what it is they're running for on office. But you know, as I watched the debate, besides feeling anger, embarrassment, dismay, and kind of getting a good chuckle at it all, if we can be honest, at the kind of Jerry Springer type atmosphere that took place uh, on the stage... I felt instead of sitting there and feeling the need to 
to blast Trump or to, to blast Biden. You know, I really felt like this debate was instructional. Uh, and that there's a, a teachable moment uh, in it and something that we can ultimately take away. Because at the end of the day, when I looked on the stage, I didn't see two men simply brawling on stage as they attempted to compete for the highest political office in the land. I didn't see that. And if you saw that, well, you saw wrong. <laughs> what I believe we really saw on the presidential debate between Trump and Biden was in fact a mirror. A mirror that revealed what we as a people have ultimately become as Americans. Uh, and I think Trump and Biden and the representative form of government that we have are simply a reflection, a mirror of what the voters want, the temperament of the people. Um, and they are perfectly representing where we are as a nation, both in our polarized uh, and divided uh, nation as, as we struggle between left and right, um, between conservative and liberal, between capitalist and socialist, uh, between whites and blacks, between men and women, and all the other issues that are kind of starting to just bang at one another like a bunch of pots and pans. Um, and I think the debate ultimately, re <laughs> the debate wasn't a debate, it was a Facebook or Twitter discussion at the end of the day. It, it reminded me of what I've seen and participated in a thousand times on Facebook and a thousand times on Twitter. I saw two men who simply weren't interested in having a discussion. I saw two men who were simply interested in making a point as to why they were right and why the other was an idiot. Neither side was interested in listening. Neither side was actually interested in discussion. In discussion. And, and frankly, the, the, the debate moderator, as terrible of a job as he did, ultimately served the functional purpose of being no different than a click feed, buzz feed type headline in which people see the headline on Facebook or they see the headline on Twitter and they simply start commenting on it without having read the article, without having watched the clip um, or having listened to what was actually being said. And we saw that play out beautifully, if I can use that word in a satirical manner. We saw that play out beautifully Tuesday night between Joe Biden and Donald Trump as they, quote-unquote, debated one another and talked about the issues. They didn't talk about the issues. They talked at one another. They talked about each other. Uh, they talked about how the media company was being unfair. And it was just a great giant Jerry Springer-style train wreck between two individuals running for president of the United States. And they were simply behaving like you and I simply do just about every single day on Facebook and Twitter. Or maybe you don't get on Facebook and Twitter. Maybe you're too good for that. Maybe you're too busy for that. But, you know, how you act with your crazy uncle at Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving's coming soon, by the way. Uh, you know, so we saw a lot of this. We saw um, what I believe is just a mirror of what's happening in America. Um, and, you know, if you were to get down to it of, of what is happening in America, um, I wouldn't just say that we're just experiencing, you know, culture clashes and, 
you know, debates over issues and, and that sort of thing. We're, we're, we're having a genuine contempt for one another. And I don't believe that's an accident. I believe what we saw on the stage is simply us reaping the harvest of the seeds that you and I have been planting for years and decades and centuries now. The proverbial chickens are, quote-unquote, coming home to roost. And you and I are simply enjoying the fruit of all that has gone on before us, um, if I can use the word enjoy, <laughs> uh, and also a satirical uh, manner. But at the end of the day, it boils down to it. I believe what we're seeing, what we read about in, in the scriptures, when we talk about uh, where the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6, that God is not mocked. What a man sows, this also will he reap. And I believe we've tried to live in such a way that our actions, uh, we believe, have no consequences to the things that go on in this world. We believe we can do things and get away with things and that uh, we can say what we want and nobody will punch us in the face for it. <laughs> and that's kind of how things have kind of spiraled. We, we believe we can do things uh, without impunity um, and that we can get away with just treating each other like asses. And I'm not trying to be crass there, folks, but that's how we're behaving. Um, and what we saw Tuesday night on the Biden and Trump debate was simply a reflection of what you and I have been doing for a very long time. This is a reflection of what we've seen in cable news, on talk radio, on our discussions on the internet. Um, you know, I would have felt just as home, just as at home uh, with Rush Limbaugh uh, moderating the debate Tuesday night, because, you know, frankly, it kind of had that sort of feel on it. And, and you might sit there and think, well, how dare you say something against Rush? He's a national treasure. <laughs> I worry for us people. I'm not sitting here to simply pick on the left or pick on the right. And I'm sad that you live in such a world in which you see everything as left and right. Um, be not deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap. And frankly, if all you are doing is seeing the world in such terms as left and right, capitalist and socialist, black and white, male and female, and all that sort of stuff, if all you are doing is seeing the world through that interpretive lens, then you're simply reaping the years of things we have sown for so many years. And you are experiencing the harvest of all that. Your perspective is not some sort of entrenched intellectual uh, uh, perspective that you've come through careful analysis and studying of the issues um, and trying to understand the world in which we live and to grapple with difficult things. Um, instead, you're seeing the world in a way that, frankly, I would say is reflective of God's judgment on us, whether you are left or whether you are right. And those of you on the right may be especially offended at that, but it's true. You're not just being a certain political perspective. You've, you've ultimately 
experienced a way of seeing the world that can only come through God allowing you to enjoy the fruit of all the crap that you've been sowing for years upon years upon years. And before I comment any further about this, because some of you may not be familiar with some of the passages I'm going to toss out here, I want to read three quick passages from the scriptures uh, before I comment any further and provide any sort of uh, social commentary on this issue. So if you don't mind, let me read a brief passage from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And I want to read from another passage from the Gospels, Matthew chapter 7. From the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. And one other passage from the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident with them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature, have clearly been seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of the birds and four-footed animals and the crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And for this reason God gave them over to degrading passage, uh, passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, their men also abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they give hearty approval to those who practice them. 
You know, I've often heard the topic over the years of the judgment of God uh, coming on America and people trying to, you know, point to certain cosmic level events, whether it's a virus or whether it's an earthquake or, you know, whether it's an act of terrorism or what have you, as ultimately being a manifestation of the judgment of God. When we think of the judgment of God, we sit there and think of uh, the ten plagues of Egypt and Sodom and Gomorrah and the end of the world and Noah's flood and everything in between. But, you know, as true as those things may be, um, and there's definitely room for uh, seeing such things in the Bible. When we, If you were to sit there and talk about what the judgment of God normally looks like, you're going to find that the judgment of God does not normally look like the ten plagues of Egypt. The judgment of God does not normally look like Sodom and Gomorrah. The judgment of God does not usually look like Noah and the flood. The everyday judgment of God, the, the judgment of God, according to the Apostle Paul, revealed from heaven, the everyday sort of judgment of God, is in which God allows a man and woman to simply reap the fruit that they have been sowing for all these years. Romans talks about how God gave them over. God gave them over and how their one sin led to another series of sin. How they went from being unthankful and unbelieving into crass sexual immorality into being murderers and full of strife and full of deceit and malice and gossipers and slanders. One lie begets another lie and before you know it, you've told a thousand lies to defend that lie. As the old saying goes, Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go, keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and will cause you to pay a price greater than your ability to pay. And that's simply the corrosive nature of sin. That's simply the nature of, of what a man sows, he will also reap. One sin begets another sin. You tell a lie. Before you know it, you have to tell another lie. And before you know it, you have to tell 10,000 lies in order to defend the lie. We've all been there, right? <laughs> we know how one action can lead to another action and to, into just an endless series of events. And before we know it, we are left wondering, how did we get here? Well, when I sit there and look at the debate that took place between Trump and Biden... I wonder if people are asking the same thing. How did we get here? Well, I believe we got here through years and years and years of making one bad decision after another. One compromise after another. I don't know how anybody could look at Trump or Biden and believe them to be an outstanding representation of what you want out of a, a president of the United States of a land that's supposed to be one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth, and these two guys, or the good, one of them is going to be the one who ultimately is in charge for the next four years. And I can't help but wonder if God's just not giving us what we really want. And we, what we want is ultimately not Him. And so as a result of not wanting Him, the Bible says God just gives us over. And so we, we want all the other things besides God. So God says, 
have your way. Eat your full. Enjoy the fruit of the seeds that you have long planted. And I think that's where we are. We're simply bad trees producing bad fruits instead of being the good trees producing good fruit. We're simply reaping that which we have sown. But you know, I don't say all these things in condemnation. I'm part of this crowd too. I live in America too, after all. <laughs> and I know I have some work on me that I have to do. I think we all do, if we're, if we're honest about it. None of us is perfect. But let's not use that imperfection as an excuse to continue to do bad things. We sit there and say, oh, well, nobody's perfect, so I'm going to pick one of these asses to be my next president. Again, I'm not trying to be crass, folks. Just trying to tell it like it is. Will you hear it like it is? Stop listening to the guys on the stage pretending to tell it like it is because, frankly, both of them are incapable of truly telling it like it is. They're simply blind men attempting to lead the blind. And what did Jesus say happens to all who are blind men following the blind? They both fall into the pit. You reap what you sow, folks. Don't mock God thinking that you can somehow escape the bad choices in which, and the bad compromises that we make in order to select our leaders by saying, well, they're all imperfect men, so let's just, you know, disregard character. No, 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 no. Character trumps policy every single day of the week. I don't care how good a man's policy is. Good trees produce good fruit, and bad trees produce bad fruit. Jesus says if the tree's bad, guess what? Gets thrown into the fire. But you know, things don't have to be that way. I like the encouragement that we got from the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6. After saying, God is not mocked, whatever man sows, he will also reap. He who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. He says, verse 9, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So if God is going to let us eat our full, instead of letting it be the fruit of, con of being contentious and strifeful and deceitful and murderous and envious and greedy and lustful, Instead of doing all those things and us enjoying the fruit of that tree, let us enjoy the fruit that can only come from the Spirit of God. Let us enjoy love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, self-control. Let us enjoy that fruit. Let us sow those seeds because if we sow those seeds, if we do not lose heart in doing good, in due time, we will reap 
so long as we do not grow weary. So let us not be tired of doing good. Let us focus on the good things that we can do and let us be mindful of the seeds that we are sowing because if we think that we can perpetually act like Donald Trump and Joe Biden did Tuesday night and get away with it, we are only deceiving ourselves and mocking God. You won't get away with it, folks. You'll go down that downward spiral as sin begets more sin. As you enjoy the harvest of the seed you planted long ago. And just as farmers put apple seeds in the ground and grow apple trees, so let us focus on planting the right seeds, knowing just what kind of tree will grow. If you eat a lot of unhealthy foods and never exercise, we know this. You'll eventually get fat and unhealthy. If you love to shop and spend money and you never make a budget, you know one day you're going to end up broke and in debt and find yourself in financial peril. If we can talk about these things in the natural, we should be able to talk about them in the supernatural, shouldn't we, folks? You can't live a life without consequence. Things happen You bear fruit one day. So make your choices widely. Look to make the tree good, Jesus said, and you'll have good fruit just the same. But if you have a rotten tree, know for sure you're going to produce rotten fruit. And know for sure that God is simply going to let you eat fully from whatever trees you ultimately plant. That is our reward. You can either enjoy the good fruit or you can find judgment and enjoy the bad fruit. These are our blessings and these are our curses. We can sow good things or we can sow bad. And what we ultimately harvest is going to be up to us. We can pursue ambition and power and wealth and prestige and the lust of our hearts. Or we can sow the seeds of love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. At the end of the day, what do you want for your harvest? Because at the end of the day, that's what God will let you have. So plant wisely, folks. Plant wisely. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 80. The Trump and Biden presidential debate was like looking into a mirror. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to that in the show notes, jimmystable.com, episode 80, where I have those notes. Um, I'd love to hear from you folks. I'd love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And I'd love ultimately for you to consider what are you growing in your life? What are you producing? What kind of tree is it that you're ultimately seeing? Bear fruit.
Air smudge. 